Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we discuss everything and anything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash Eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today, we're going to discuss Jalen Hurts, baby! Oh, he's back. It's back. Doug Doug Peterson's absolutely garbage approach to gamemanship, and where the Eagles go from here. On that note, Chris, how are you doing today? Well, after hearing those docile tones that you just got, went ahead and just belted out for everybody, I'm doing okay. You know, it's been a while since we've seen a win, man. How are you? Well, you know, I, <laughs> um, you know what? It was an impressive win. Uh, as somebody who's covered this team in their two games that they brutally lost to the New Orleans Saints uh, under Doug Peterson. I was really impressed by the way they came out. Um, A lot of people thought that they were going to get trounced. Um, Facebook was particularly negative, thought they were just going to be bad and um, get their butts kicked. And Doug Peterson crafted his best offensive plan of the season. The offense flowed throughout that first half. If Jake Elliott doesn't miss a chip shot field goal, they scored 20 points for the first time in a first half all season. Um, I thought Jalen Hurts played well, PFF to be damned. Um, and I thought the running game just really, really worked. Uh, this was not a masterpiece, but it was a very good change of direction and turnaround for this team. Uh, Carson Wentz who at this point? And, and look, I'm not trying to dismiss Carson Wentz. I do think that he's redeemable. I've said this several times. I think the Eagles view this as a reset and they're going to eventually go back to him. But man, Jalen Hurts was very, very fun to watch. This was a fun game. This was a fun game to cover, uh, which has been a rarity this year for us. You know, this you can't take stock in wins or losses as a beat writer, but you can have fun doing your job. And I think um, this was a step in the right direction for everybody involved, except for the New Orleans Saints, whose fans are probably still complaining about everything, despite a bunch of no calls uh, in this game on both sides. So, Chris, I get, you know, 
it's this is a very weird win because of the way Doug Peterson handled his postgame press conference. And look, I know this is Philly. We overanalyze almost everything. But I got to tell you, I've seen kids go to dentist appointments and have more enthusiasm than Doug Peterson showed after this this win. What did you think of his demeanor after this post game press conference? See, I had no problem with what he did. I think the way he went about it, you have to take an approach as one game at a time. You really do. And it's one of the most frustrating, cliche-driven things, but you really have to be tempered because you can't get too high with the wins because you can't go on to go, go ahead and become overconfident. You can't get too low because you don't want to self-doubt yourself. It really was. The one thing I will say, it really was truly that offense clicked on all levels for the first time in, who knows, I'd probably say since – it's been the first time in a few weeks that that offense clicked. And it really was – it wasn't just Hurts. It was the running game. That offensive line – I want to sound – I want to admit I was wrong, but take Peters out. That offensive line, you put in uh, Herbig and Driscoll and everybody else. That mm. offensive line looked great. Ah, I'm, I'm waiting for the highest hate to say I told you so to start playing from your side. But, yeah, it, it was right. You were right on that. And, Are you ready uh, for me to poke right. holes in your argument that it's one game at a time? Uh, bring it because I, I think it really is with this. Okay, cool. Well, if it was that... one, if it's one game at a time, then why aren't you excited about a win? You're one and zero in this in this in this game. That if it's one game at a time, I'm not saying you've got to hang banners, but like the dude slouched like he was a toddler being asked to eat his greens at dinner. Like this was, he looked like he woke up from a nap. Like the guy needed to talk to us. <laughs> Why? It was a win. This was the first positive. The only real negative. I did my studs and duds. I had two duds. And it was Jake Elliott missing a field goal and Travis Fulgham not being involved in the offense. Like this was a positive performance for this team. The defense played well. Uh, you know, PFF didn't grade the offense very, very well, but at least it flowed much better than it did in the month prior. Doug Peterson had never beat Sean Payton. He beat Sean Payton. Like, I I just, here's the thing. He was asked three times, three separate times. I don't know if some people didn't hear his answer to the initial question, but he was asked three times, is Jalen Hurts the starting quarterback for week 15? And each time he hedged and didn't answer the question. He then said, it's not about, it's not just about one player. Okay, cool, Doug. So if it's not just about one player, why are why is the head coach taking into consideration the feelings of the fr- former franchise quarterback and not just inexplicit and, and and not rationally naming Jalen Hurts, who just had the best performance of a quarterback all season, as his quarterback moving forward? It's obvious to all of us that that is what's going to happen. Why not just be transparent? the main issue I have with this team is their reliance on gamesmanship that doesn't matter. Gamesmanship is important in the NFL, but not when everything is obvious. There's nothing that this team does that's a complete surprise outside of maybe Quez Watkins doubling up on the snaps that Travis Fulgham got. And at that point, it doesn't really matter, right? You know, there's not a lot of film out there on Quez Watkins. And he still had one catch for three yards. The gamesmanship is a waste of time and effort, and it only makes this game look like a half measure. 
this was a huge win for this team. They had not beaten a team with a winning record all season. They had not done well against a very good defense all season. They really hadn't shown anything of this ilk up till this point. And Doug Peterson is sulking, it like slouched on a on a podium at a press conference, looking like you know he's hiding a secret that all of us already know. I just don't understand the logic here. And okay, cool. It's not about one person. It's not you. You, you say he even said uh, on WIP that part of it was was handling the emotions of everybody else's performance and you know considering Carson Wentz's feelings. Cool, Doug. Well, what about Jalen Hurts' feelings after he put forth a really strong effort and willed this team to their first win in five weeks? The defense seemed to really back up Hurts in every single way possible. For the first time in inter- in a very long time, a turnover by the defense was rewarded with points. And for the first time, you know, <laughs> they only had to worry about one turnover in this game. And they won the turnover battle. Like, give me a break. Like, I understand... I understand the logic of, hey, you want to tell the quarterbacks first if this was like a tight game or Jalen struggled. But Jalen went out there and he led four scoring drives. Yes, he only passed for 167 yards and a touchdown, but he also ran the ball 18 times for 106 yards. And three of those runs were for minus minus one or two yards because he was in the victory formation. They they ran their eleven of their first thirteen plays went for positive yardage. That's unheard of for Carson Wentz this season. He was pressured, I believe, eight times and completed all of his passes for eighty two yards. Like that's that's a difference, man. Like that's the spark you wanted. You wanted to find a spark. Well, you came into the the press conference looking shell-shocked after your most impressive win of the season. What does that say to the rest of your locker room? What does that say to the rest of your coaching staff? What does that say to your city? What does that say to your fan base? To me, it, it, this game, this faulty gamesmanship is an absolute farce. And it does nothing for the team. It does nothing for the team. The Cardinals are going to prepare for, for, for this offense there's only one tape out on Jalen Hurts. So they're going to prepare for this offense by studying Carson Wentz anyway. You're not really – I mean, there's one game of tape. There's like one true game of tape on Jalen Hurts. There's a, t- a game and a half. How much are you taking away from from Cliff Kingsbury and, and, and the Cardinals defense studying the Eagles offense? I'm sorry. I don't understand it. It'd be one thing if these two guys had split the season and Wentz was coming back from an injury and he wasn't benched. Like, give me a break. And frankly, if they were to go back to Carson Wentz, what would that say to all the young players in the locker room who are going to be with this team for the foreseeable future? That, oh, okay, cool. You use Jalen Hurts as a spark, and now you're going to go back to the guy who was slumping for, for, for 12 weeks. Ridiculous to me. What do you got to say to that, Chris? First off, are you feeling okay? <laughs> it's like you had to get that off your chest. I just you don't, say it with I, your chest. <laughs> look, look, honestly, like I, I, I care about this only because I don't like to be lied to or have my intelligence basically joked around about. Like, come on, like this is common sense. 
why would you not start Jalen Hurts? And we all know Wednesday he's going to be like, well, gee golly, I I, uh, I had a conversation with the quarterbacks and we're moving on with Jalen Hurts for week 15. No, duh, Doug. Like, just say it, bro. Like, this is like, seriously, it's not about the team. I don't care about their success. I don't care about any of that. What I'm saying to you as a person and as a leader, I do not see what the value is in Doug Peterson just taking half measures and prolonging the inevitable. You know what? Like, it, <laughs> I mean, this is like at the end of Endgame, or when when um, when Thanos is like, "I'm inevitable." There's look, Carson Wentz isn't about to put on an infinity infinity gauntlet and say he's Iron Man because he certainly isn't. But he's going to go ahead and say where, and Thanos is going to go, and AKA Wentz is going to go where that leads you right back to me. I'm telling you right now. You're, I hope you have your Excedrin ready because you know what, this is where I'm going with. I have no problem whatsoever with Doug Peterson's doing. You say it's not about one person. You're right. It's not about one person. It's about two people: Carson Winston, Jalen Hurts, and the way that this offense. You have to take into account week by week what's going on. Wentz is going to. I know everybody's talking about trading Wentz and. You see all the different, oh, we have different, I mean, I even wrote about like all the different destinations he could possibly go and everything. I really don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's going to be here next year. And I think it's going to be a quarterback competition. And I really truly think like after speaking, speaking to a couple of people and just looking at, just looking back, I went back and checked a couple of things throughout the, uh, his first few games this season. And I'm in the process of doing like looking at the other stuff. He's salvageable. And you have to, even despite he's salvageable, he was struggling the last time. And I think this last week and a half of being on a sideline did well. I think you really have to do weigh. You really do have to weigh your decision week in, week out. You have to see what's going on. You can't just know. Him. Now, don't get me wrong. Jalen Hurts played decently yesterday. I think that he left some. He even in a minute they, they left some money. They left some money on the field. And don't I, tell Scotty Pippen. Oh God, <laughs> Scott! Scotty's got some issue, other issues going on. It's fun. <laughs> favorite but, favorite NBA player of all time, by the way. Y- yes, he's he's good. He's a good man. I feel like I'm pipping on here. It's fun. Anywho, uh, when it come when you look at this, you have to get you have to get gamesmanship because I know everybody's going to hate to say this. They are still in this race for the NFC East, and you don't want to send that message to everybody else on the team that you're just going to go ahead and just say, hey, you know what, we're going to tank just to see what we have. You still have a lot of veterans on this team. You still have a lot of people that are here that can still make a run possibly. So you have to see who gives you the best matchup depending on the matchup. And against the Cardinals, you don't know. I know you say Hurts only has one thing to tape. Saints made some adjustments in that second half, and they he did. wasn't as effective as he was the first time. So you know the defensive coordinator is going to start looking and see, oh, well, the Saints did this. Let me go ahead and put a couple of wrinkles on there, and then you have to worry about that. I mean, there are too, there's too much, there's too much, too many things and factors to go ahead and just rush into having Hurts be named to start it. You just cannot rush in, rush in and do that. And I really, I have no problem with Peterson's doing here. He has to do it and make the best informed decision, not just quickly out in, while you're in there, best informed decision to wait for this team. Okay, fair. Um, and you talk about guys being salvageable and their feelings and making assessments. 
Well, why is he coddling the fifth-year veteran and completely leaving the rookie out there in the cold? I understand there's a relationship long-term here, but kind of feels like the fifth-year veteran shouldn't be the guy you're worried about emotionally. Um, Come on, Mike. We're all quarter, quarterbacks are very fragile people. We have a lot going on listen, inside of our minds. Don't <laughs> get me wrong. Uh, I'm sure our boss will tell you I'm as sensitive as they come, but like, I, I just think like, I just, my point is, is like, I don't understand all this posturing. So let's, let's get into the, the game itself. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I think, I think that Jalen Hurts was fine. Okay. And fine was something that they were not getting from Carson Wentz. Do I think he was great? No. Do I think he was good? Meh. Okay. He was good relatively, but what did you take away from his performance overall? I think the one thing that he really, I really, really liked that he did is he was, he was steady and he was very calm and poised. He was very poised with everything that was going on. And the fact that he was able, it it, it definitely, Eagles definitely ran with a a scaled down version of their offense. They really did. And with a rookie, it's understandable. You don't want to go ahead and throw everything on his plate. And next thing you know, you're like, hey, okay, he's got thinking too much. You just want him to react. And when we're talking, when I had a chance to talk to Lincoln Riley, his former, his coach last year, he harped on making sure that he was, he wanted to see Jalen be decisive. You want to see him make that first decision and stick with it. And that's one thing that I saw he did better than Wentz has done the last couple weeks. He saw his first read. He went and reacted. He didn't double clutch. He didn't think, oh, look, look the one, look at the guy who was open, think about it for a half split second, and then the guy was covered once again. He went ahead. He rolled out in the pocket. He used his athleticism. He saw that was something else quick, and he made the made accurate throws. That's the other thing I saw. He made accurate throws while he was on the run. So – he did that great. Now, did he miss some reads of some guys that were open? Yeah. Did he? Did he also the same in the same van said he saw maybe his decisiveness and through that there were a couple times where he had a receiver wide open. If he saw him a sec two, a second or two early, it could have been even bigger plays. Where he double clutched one. Uh, Goddard was going across the middle and cross route. I think in the second quarter, and he yep. could have hit him way earlier, but he didn't do it. And it could have been th- could have threw him open, and Goddard could still been running, but. I liked what I saw for a first start. I mean, I mean, do you feel as if he can go ahead and continue this? Continue growing? Do you feel like he can? Do we? Do you think we saw most of what Jalen Hurts can do? Do you think he can grow more in this offense? I, I do. I think I like the way he keeps his eyes down the field. I was super impressed by the touchdown uh, throw to, to Alshon Jeffrey. He l- was about to get creamed. And did actually like there was a roughing the passer penalty and it didn't matter. And he was able to get it like right on Alshon Jeffrey's chest. Uh, Impressive play, like just outright impressive play. I I think, you know, we can't measure (laughs) Jalen hurts against Carson Wentz's career, but if we measure him against this season, um, it just kind of felt like he had more control and, competency of the offense now again like you said it was it was shrunk down it was changed it was uh minimized but that doesn't mean that it was bad it like i thought doug called a great game i thought it was one of doug's better games that said the wide receivers didn't really play particularly well um 
the tight ends were fine, but that's been a staple of this offense with Wentz or Hertz or Nick Foles for that matter. Um, it, I think the offensive line did a really good job in pass blocking. The run blocking um, was fine, in my opinion. PFF graded them poorly, which I thought was weird when you have uh, a quarterback, uh, you know who's running for 106 yards and you have Miles Sanders running for 115 yards. But look, I thought the running game really was effective. And I think that's why this thing can work. I've been in favor of a run first offense since the bye week. And uh, what I like about Jalen Hurts' effect on the offense is he kind of forces you to be a run first offense, which is what I think this team's strengths are. If you look at the way they've been able to develop talent on offense, it's offensive line running back and tight end. And that's it. So that tells me that you want a strong running game and you want a lot of 12 personnel. The wide receivers are still a work in progress, if not a failure. And I thought Jalen hurt or Jalen Rager was used really well. Um, he had that end around. He had, uh, a couple of deep throws. Uh, there was one where Jalen Hurts was way off, but it seemed like Jalen Rager missed the timing there and didn't kind of show the effort you probably would have wanted in a dive with a dive. But I thought Jalen Rager was fine for what he for what he did. They're not going to air it out in this offense, so I think anybody expecting Jalen Rager to have like ten catches at any point during the season is probably unlikely, but. I, I do think that Rager and Hertz have some chemistry. I was kind of surprised at how poorly Greg Ward played. Travis Fulgham only had 11 snaps. I don't know if that's because Hertz is used to playing with the scout team. So that's a lot of Quez Watkins. J.J. Single Whiteside was active, but didn't play. Uh, I've been told that John Hightower was not benched for disciplinary reasons, but I've been told that he has kind of struggled in the classroom and on the practice field. So that's a secret that I will reveal there. I've been told that by multiple sources that he's kind of struggled behind the scenes. So uh, that gave way to Quez Watkins, who I thought was actually the better prospect anyway, um, at least for what the Eagles are trying to do with a run first offense. So it made sense from a game plan uh, point of view. What did you think of the offense overall? I liked what they did for the simple fact they actually used things that we saw. Well, well, two things. I'll start that. One, I liked that the fact when a read option, Hertz actually pulled the ball and ran the ball. Wentz did it here and there. He, I mean, we, given that his injury history, that he didn't pull the ball as much and take it on those read options. But the most, the only way you can really be effective on plays like this is if the quarterback actually keep a makes the right read, reading that end, or linebacker depending on how they have it set up or b make sure to, and then that's once you only pull it pull it you actually run effectively and make it a threat so that when a running back and both the running back and the quarterback have a chance to do that i like what they did there second schematically i like what the eagles did as well too how many times have we seen rager go right behind run that motion that bend motion he goes right behind sanders whoever the running back is and he's not a threat they don't even throw it to him they don't run the ball to him they just go ahead and just hand about the running back well, they actually did that, and the thing what you have is not only do you have a quarterback when he runs the zone read who can run the ball, not only do you have a running back who can run the ball, you give the ball to Rager around the end, it's almost like you're running a triple option in a way. You have so much stuff that you can run off of it. And I like the way that they schematically did that. It opened up a lot of lanes 
for that off that offensive line. I mean, I have no problem at all what they did with the, in the passing game, and I will <clears throat> I will set up right now. Who caught that touchdown pass? Uh, uh, who caught that touchdown pass in, in the first quarter? I believe that was Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, he, you mean to tell me he didn't disappear and he still actually looks like a competent receiver? I mean, I mean he I'm, disappeared for the rest of the game. Ask him, man, he didn't look his way as much. There were a few times he was open. I, I will say he's a few, he got away with a push-off. He got away with a push-off in the third, fourth <laughs> quarter. He got away with one there. But there were times he didn't open. I, the one thing I never really understood, I know you have to run Jeffrey and clear out routes on it when he's running on the backside where you want to run. He's not a deep threat. I really want to see the Eagles use him, either use Fogum or what have you. Use him on the dig routes. Use him like on the routes you went ahead and you used to run Zach Ertz with a lot or on the outside. Use him on a dig. Use him on a comeback. Use Let him use that big body. He still has a catch radius. He's still able to catch the ball. Go ahead and put him in positions where he can be successful as well too because the more you go ahead and tailor his offense to people's strengths instead of just going, hey, Jeffrey, go ahead and run down the field, run a deep route down the field. Eh. Nah. Hey, Jeffrey, now, would you feel better with Jeffrey going ahead and running a fade route at the goal line? Yeah, I would. So just make sure not only him, but Fogum and all these other guys, you make sure you go ahead and you play to their strengths. And I think a lot of these, I think a lot of these guys, they give it the opportunity, they can go ahead and prove they can still perform. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, this is this is an offense that needs to be filled out. I mean, this was a start as Doug Peterson said, that was something that I agreed with. I, I just, maybe he thinks that it's, it's washed after this and they gave away all their notes because they needed to get down and seal this game after giving up a, you know, they had a 17 point lead at halftime and then uh, the saints kind of came roaring back a little bit, but um, on defense, look, they shut out the saints in the first half. It was an impressive showing. Um, I'm not sure. I'm completely convinced that Jim Schwartz has saved his, his bacon. Uh, I do think his unit has played inarguably better over the past five games in the offense. Um, but I, I just kind of, I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of inconsistent performers. They also seemingly lost Rodney McLeod to a major injury. We'll get more updates on that throughout the week. Um, Avante Maddox went down. Darius Slay went down. I mean, Jalen Mills had to go play corner. Um, you know, it, it was, there were some, some you know, collateral damage to this game. And I, I do wonder how much the defense can sustain moving forward. What did you think of how the defense played? Well, I like the way they definitely got pressure on, on Taysom Hill. And this is where I think the Saints really missed Drew Brees. Because the with the Eagles with the five sacks, I mean, they were getting after pressure. But with Brees in there, he's able to get the ball out quickly, even though, it doesn't have the same zip as it used to do. He's able to diagnose what's coming on, get the ball out quickly, hand, see, see the rope receiver, bam, it's out. That's where it was a benefit, I think, having Taysom Hill back there. I like the way that the Eagles contain, especially with how much, how many times quarterbacks have burnt them when it came to the run. I like the way they they, they actually rushed them, they, they using that mush rush at times, staying in their lanes when they were doing that. The back seven, the linebackers, I thought, consider, considering everything that they – that happened when it came to uh, the the injury. You didn't have T.J. Edwards. I thought they played a, they did a decent job. Go ahead and contain them. I mean, you contain uh, Alvin Kamara. 
was it? He had a what was he? He had eleven runs for fifty yards. I mean, anytime contain him, well, you tell he boy, he misses Drew Brees, but he, he anytime contain a, a running back like that, you're doing a good job there. And I think it got it got a little dicey there, like you mentioned, as it was Slay went out with that head injury and it looks like it's that knee injury with McLeod and uh, and Maddox. It's, it's rough because you keep seeing him. He can't stay on the field. He can't stay healthy. It, it, it's you're becoming less reliable now. So you have to rely on Nickel Roby Coleman getting in now. It, it's rough to see. It's going to be tough, especially with those wide receivers that Carl said next week. We'll talk more about that later in the week. But this defense, I mean, overall, considering the opponent, considering the mind that they had on the opposite side of field and Sean Payton, I think he did a good job. I still think, in my heart of hearts, I still think Jim Schwartz will be here. I know it's not the most important thing, and I'm ashamed to say that. Because who else are you going to bring in at this point? Who else are you going to promote? I know Burke's on the staff, but you're, you may be getting more of the same considering that he's been under uh, Jim Schwartz for a while. It's, I just, my heart, I feel like he's here for at least one more year. Well, I think it depends on what you get with the coaching staff, how that all shakes out. So um, I don't think anybody's getting fired midseason. I don't think that'll happen, but I do think it depends on what kind of comes out of all this right um you know if doug peterson's gone who's to say the new head coach will want to keep schwartz who's to say that schwartz will want to stay uh you know there's a lot to be figured out um so i asked for some questions wanted to take some from twitter um give me two seconds as i pull those up so here's some good ones so steve Tough asks, what are your top three offseason internal roster moves if you're the GM? Guys already on the roster, cuts, extensions, trades. Well, I mean, I think, number one, you've got to figure out what you think of Carson Wentz now and moving forward. I think you, you've you got to look at the cost-benefit analysis of potentially trading him. It's going to be difficult to trade him. I don't know why national people constantly think like this is going to be a thing. I think he is tradable. But I think it's going to be very difficult to pull off, especially for the right amount of compensation. Listen, uh, there are people out there who think they can get a one or a two for him. I don't see that because other teams have the leverage of knowing that they want that the Eagles would if, if the Eagles are open to it, that they'd want to trade him and, and kind of get bailed out from a money standpoint. Teams can use that leverage pretty well. Uh, the contract's not terrible if you're trading for it, but. Um, the Eagles need to ha- get the right value for him in order to kind of keep that $34 million on the books because if not, you're just paying a guy to not be there. Uh, and I don't think that that's smart business. I think my other... Uh, I would extend um, Derek Barnett because you got to get that $10 million cap number down. And I don't think cutting or trading him is the right move. This team shouldn't be... While Derek Barnett doesn't put up great numbers, I think he's played pretty well this season and you shouldn't be looking to get rid of young uh, homegrown talent. Um, and then I think the draft, you need another dynamic wide receiver or a dynamic wide receiver, I should say. Um, I think Waddle or Smith or Chase, those are the three guys that I would target if you have a top 10 pick. What about you, Chris? Hey, I'd say if, if I if they go ahead in a position that they have to go ahead and, uh, and they still are able to go ahead and get Devonta Smith, I'm going ahead and do that. I know you don't really have the draft capital to move up to ensure that, but 
he's one guy I think that if you paired him with Rager, you definitely do that. So that's one move I'm doing. I'm actually going to go out. I know you have all these offensive minds. I know you have Peterson. I know you have everything else. I'm going out and see who's available as an offensive coordinator I have and giving him play calling and letting Doug be the overseer, the, the uh, overseer of the whole entire team and just almost like the CEO and just checking things out. So that's the second thing I'm doing. For the third one, I think uh, it, it's come time that I'm asking Fletcher Cox to see if he can restructure again because I, I think he's on – I think he's playing well, but I think you're going to start seeing him going to decline. Um, Malik Jackson, I'm sorry, he – He's nice. I think you go ahead and use and get a guy like Rayquan Smith or get somebody in the later rounds of the draft to go ahead and get, provide that push. And if I ever give a 3B, I'm looking at – I'm saying I'm looking forward to see if I can get something for Andre Dillard because I'm ready to roll with Jordan Mailata as my starting left tackle from here on out. And if somebody's willing to go ahead and give a fifth, fourth for, a guy, for Andre Dillard, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. That's what I would do personally. All right, so – uh, AR asks, regardless of where the Eagles pick in the draft next April, do you think they should pick a good player or a bad player? Great question. I would say a good player. <laughs> what about you? Well, um, you know, uh, given past history, I think, I mean, you want to go ahead and stay with history. So you got to pick a bet now. Nah. Yeah, I think they're going to go ahead. I, 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 dollars to donuts. Dollars to donuts. This is just me talking in, in my head and everything. I think there's going to be a reckoning somewhere within that scouting staff, personnel staff. I wonder if Weidel's going to be here. That's just me talking out loud. I have no knowledge, but I really wonder if Andy Weidel is going to be here after the at the end of this uh, season. So it depends on the philosophy they take. I know they've they valued speed the last draft. I, I I want to see if the personnel staff is coming back completely intact. That's where I'm at on that. All right. Um, hmm. So let's go to our Eagles extra uh, questions. Um, so one one of our, our loyal subscribers asks, uh, since the Eagles don't have an offensive coordinator, does Peterson put together game plans and call plays? If that's the case, isn't it unusual? So it's a collective group. Um, you know, he'll get feedback from Deuce Staley. He'll get feedback from Press Taylor, the passing game coordinator. He'll get feedback from running game coordinator Jeff Stoutland, who all put together the game plan. Um, Aaron Moorhead might have some responsibilities in certain situational calls. Uh, Rich Gangarello monitors and creates for the red zone. Um, it's kind of like a like this stew of of minds kind of that put it together it's not unusual there are guys who uh who are head coaches who have offensive coordinators who are just in title and then those two guys put the the plan together but peterson has like a slew of offensive minds that he likes to kind of pick and choose from and so it's kind of like a puzzle for them which i guess is unusual just because they have so many assistants but um i hope that answers your question uh, another uh, subscriber asks, "Is it just us, or did Hertz truest did Hertz truest spark the whole team?" Uh, I guess it's a typo. Did he spark the whole team? Uh, yeah, I mean, it seemed like the defense played pretty pretty smart football. The special teams unit had some good plays and coverage. Uh, I thought overall the the team kind of really uh, grasped the change and, and kind of went with it. What did you think, Chris? 
I think it was for for what it, for what Doug wanted him to do. He he went out and established it. That offense really really responded to him, and I think Doug had. I think it was the right call to go ahead and start him this last game and in the pull wins in the previous game against the Packers to go ahead and jumpstart things to go ahead because there were there were opportunities that were being left on the field throughout this whole entire season up to but more so the last few weeks and I think what Doug got Doug got what he wanted out of out of hurt so he, he really truly did light a spark and I think the, I really think the defense actually responded as well too feeling like they had to take more responsibility and onus especially having a rookie quarterback under center yeah, I agree. Um, another question. In regards to Travis Fulgham, has the team articulated why they only target him four times in the last three games? Uh, if you take out Rager and Goddard out of the offensive game game plan, the wide receivers are back to being severely hampered. So I think from our standpoint, we've kind of discussed it a little bit. Travis Fulgham's seeing pretty strong coverage when he's in there. I think people are very much aware of him. I don't think he's done particularly well with his routes off press coverage. I think you're kind of seeing why he was cut by a couple of teams prior to getting here. Uh, Teams are just keying in on him. And I think when he's struggled against man coverage, I think he's better against zone. What do you think, Chris? I think he needs to go ahead. He, this off season, if he really wants to stay, remain on his team and, and have a good shot to be truly productive, he needs to work on his hands, get it fighting off. It looks like he he goes ahead and absorbs those shots from the cornerbacks when they go ahead and press them. He needs to go ahead and learn how to fight them off, almost do like the quasi-karate chop move when you see that cornerback coming up to go in and press you. You got to go ahead and fight that off and not be thrown two or three yards inside or outside your route that disrupts the timing and everything. So that's the main thing he has to go ahead and do. I think it's mainly going ahead and his releases if – once he goes ahead and fixes his releases, he'll, I think he'll be fine. And then I guess our last question is, how did the individual offensive lineman play? Chris, I'll let you take that one. Sure. I think I thought Mylotta did well. I thought, uh, especially with the outside, especially facing a guy like Cameron Jordan. Uh, when it came to left guard, Sam Mal, I thought Sam Mal had a pretty strong game. Herbig, uh, Herbig struggled a couple times, but I think when you saw the way that uh, Hertz was able to move around the pocket, he he, I think he did all right, and he uh, – he compensated for that and covered some of that stuff up. Kelsey was solid as ever. And the main thing that I was really worried about were snaps because it seemed like he had a, some issues uh, in prior games snapping the ball to Jalen Hurts, but that didn't seem to be a problem at all. I think uh, when you look at uh, Jack Driscoll, I think he's still working his way into that right tackle spot. He did he did some good things. I thought he also did some, some things that he needs to work on, especially when it comes to his footwork and his kick. When he gets out of that, uh, when he goes and kicks and gets out on the uh, on the edge there to go against uh, those edge rushers, I think he still needs to work on that. But I think overall, I think they had a pretty solid job, and I think it reflected that in the rushing yard total. Remember, you can sign up for Eagles Extra at nj.com/slash/text. Two weeks free trial, so you can come, kind of, you know, feel out the process as we kind of head into the home stretch. It's going to be very valuable during the off season with roster moves and and the draft, and we'll have up-to-the-minute analysis and breaking news on there. You get the breaking news. You don't have to wait for Twitter to hand it to you or open your phone. We text it right to you, and you can have conversations with us. Ask us questions. Um, It's a great service. We enjoy it, and Chris and I are really going heavy on it over the next couple of weeks. We're going to eventually set up a weekly uh, Q&A session as well. Um, Chris, where do the Eagles go from here? What would you do at quarterback? Any changes you would make on offense or defense? I think uh, I would definitely go ahead and uh, 
I I play I probably would play Hurts again the second week. I think he needs to go ahead and uh I think against this Cardinals defense, I think he presents his own unique challenges. It's not gonna be it's not gonna be an easy game. I think it's gonna be a little tough. I think on defense, you may have to go back to a lot of zone and a lot of bend but don't break more so than ever, especially with the injuries on uh to McLeod and in, in the back end. You don't know if you're gonna have Slay how far along if he's uh does have a concussion or if he's in the protocol. So it's going to be a lot of – I think it's going to be a lot more adjustments on the back end, and it's going to be interesting on defense. I mean, what what do you see coming up this week? Well, I mean, I, I've i said quite often that I think this team is within two – is stuck between a door frame. On one side of the door frame, there's the playoff push. If they win three straight games, they control their own destiny, and they're going to make the playoffs. Um if Washington loses one of their games. Um, and then you look at, you know, the rebuilding project. Like I would see more Quez Watkins out there. Um, I would try to get some looks at some of the younger linebackers. Sean Briley didn't play particularly well uh, last night. I didn't, you know, Duke Riley had his moments. He had that interception. He had some good run stops. Alex Singleton kind of struggled. He's kind of uh, every other game he plays well or he doesn't. Um and look, you got to see some new guys in the secondary because, frankly, if if this is a major injury for Rodney McLeod, he might not be ready for the start of next season. Jalen Mills is on a one-year contract. Avante Maddox has proven that he is not a very good outside cornerback. Darius Slay is getting up there in age. Uh, the safety group is kind of in this weird mode where they've played two veterans, but now they might have to really rethink the way they're doing things. And then I think when you look at uh, the – defensive line is Malik Jackson worth playing a lot now that Javon Hargrave is killing it um that's something to consider too because Javon Hargrave is the future of this defensive line that's why they brought him in I I think you can see Josh Sweat play a lot more in the coming games Uh, he's been terrific and then I think you know they've got to figure out what the story is at wide receiver like that's the big thing figure out what's going on at wide receiver because this has happened for the last three years. And I think Aaron Moorhead's done a very good job, but if you're not going to target these wide receivers, they're not getting open. There's something that needs to be figured out here. And this offense really needs to benefit from the position. I will hardly agree. (laughs) All right. Well, you know, again, I will give my pitch for Eagles extra great service, two weeks free sign up. You can join us down the home stretch of the season, figure out if you like, what you're what you're getting and then it's just uh five dollars a month right after um again it's a huge asset during the off season i'm sure a lot of our subscribers can comment and tell you about it but uh nj.com slash tax you can download the no huddle show podcast wherever podcasts are available uh for chris i'm mike thanks for listening we'll talk to you thursday <laughs>